Hi, I'm Phelan Johnson. And I'm Leah Simone Bowen, and we look at history a bit differently. Have you ever wondered how hundreds of wild horses came to inhabit an island in the Atlantic Ocean? Or what Lord of the Rings and a small town in Manitoba have in common? Or the burning question, did Canada invent the teen drama? The Secret Life of Canada is a podcast about the country you know and the stories you don't. New episodes available now wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. It is Hip Hop Week here on Q, and how can you have Hip Hop Week without talking to someone like Wyclef Jean? Not just a member of one of the most legendary hip hop and R&B groups of all time, the Fugees, not just a multi-platinum solo artist, but also behind the scenes, a producer responsible for some of the biggest hip hop and pop songs of the last three decades. You'll hear Wyclef talk a little bit about his journey and how he helped bring Beyonce to Canada for the first time. That's coming up. I'm Tom Power. You are listening to Q. Listen, uh, before we get into today's show, and and I'm excited about today's show, I, like you, have been um, glued to the news, whether it be, um, you know, on TV or or radio, about the news about the wildfires, especially in British Columbia and in the Northwest Territories. I want to send from everybody here on Q, uh, all of our love, all of our thoughts, and all of our support to everybody who is evacuating, to all the first responders, to all the firefighters, and to the people who are opening up their homes, to the people who need somewhere to stay. It is the most beautiful act of service I can ever imagine, and it gives me hope in these incredibly dark times. Um, if you need information, go to cbc.ca slash news to keep up on the on the situation with the wildfires. Um, and if, if you have lost your home or if you've had to leave your home, we are thinking about you here on Q. Okay, so as I mentioned, it is Hip Hop Week here on Q, celebrating the 50th birthday of maybe the most important cultural movement of our time. And I'm going to name just a couple of songs right now. Ghetto Superstar by Praz, Ready or Not by the Fugees, Hips Don't Lie by Shakira, My Love Is Your Love by Whitney Houston. Massive songs, I don't know, maybe like a slow dance, high school slow dance songs, maybe like good barbecue songs, maybe songs you've heard on the radio at a Shoppers Drug Mart. All those songs have one common denominator, multi-Grammy award-winning producer, artist in his own right, Wyclef Jean. You might know him as an MC and guitarist in the Fugees alongside Lauryn Hill and Praz. But Wyclef, as I mentioned, is also one of the most successful producers of other artists' music. So I got to talk to Wyclef a few months ago, and we started out by talking about this massive hit by Destiny's Child and how he helped bring hip-hop to it. Take a listen. This is the remix. Radio's played this remix. This is the remix. That is Destiny's Child featuring a young Beyonce Knowles, the remix to the 1997 debut single No, No, No. Also the very first hit single, The Man Behind That Remix, is my guest Wyclef Jean. Was that the first record you produced outside of your stuff with the Fugees? Um, nah, that was the first one that hit. Um, the record is, is, the history is kind of cool because I got a call from a product manager. I was like, yo, we got these four girls in the hotel. You should go hear them, you know? And I heard them. I was like, yo, sing a church song for me, you know? And then I went to Texas. I recorded the record. Um, you know, I was like, okay, the only other person that was rap singing at the time was Lauren. 
So I was like, okay, if I could come up with a formula and I did it. And then after that, guess what was the coolest thing about this? If you look up the Beyonce interview when she's talking about me is that I bought them on tour with me after this record. And guess what? We was touring Canada. And she always talked about like Clef gave her, you know, them they first break and bought them on tour with them. So I would say the coolest thing about that record as a producer and being in the studio. And then after that, having Destiny Child on tour with me was how Beyonce was a sponge and just sucking up everything. And I was like, she's definitely going to be a monster. You knew then that she was going to be a monster. Well, all you got to go is listen to the record. I said they went from a dream to the young Supremes, baby. <laughs> let's let's talk about that. I mean, in terms of your vision there, No, No, No was a, a massive slow jam in its own right. What was your vision for the remix? Well, I felt that at the time, though, they from Texas, you feel me? And... In Texas, the rappers were rapping at a certain speed, right? So Texas rappers was like, you know what I mean? And then in the East Coast, we more was like, this is what we do, what we doing, what we do. So I was like, but what happens is if I take that rhythm now that they're doing in Texas and I put melodies to it, right? That'll be like the first time people, you know what I'm saying to you? I remember... Uh, watching the Jay-Z interview. And he said the first time he heard that, he was like, whoa, these girls are singing too fast. You see what I'm saying? But I had them singing like Jay-Z was rapping when he did that speed rap. You see what I'm saying to you? Yeah, we, we kind of take that for granted. But Beyonce singing double time on that beat wasn't something we saw a lot back then. Well, it wasn't like, think about it. Like, so the double time is the trap of today. You know what I'm saying? So... Everything is like, hey, hey, better, better, right? The double time. So, so in that era, to take a slow jam and to say, I'm going to put a double time beat, it was like really weird. You know what I'm saying to you? It was like, yo, how are you going to get them? You know, and Beyonce understood it. I explained the scheme and it was amazing. Let's listen to another track. Take a listen to this. From the massive record Supernatural from 1999, that is Maria Maria from Carlos Santana featuring the singing duo Product GMB. Massive hit from, I guess, Wyclef Jean. Uh, I also got to give a shout out to your longtime collaborator, Jerry Wonder, who worked with you on pretty much every song we're going to be playing today. But here's what I want to know about this. If I had walked into the studio the day you recorded that song with Carlos Santana, what would I have seen? Uh, yeah, big shout out to my cousin, Jerry Wonder. Like we're first cousins, we came up together in the church, you know what I mean? So a hundred percent. I think like, so when you see Carlos Santana and he'll tell the story, it's online. He'll be like, yo, Clef just walked in. And I didn't actually start the composition on guitar. I started it on Fender Rhodes. So the first part of the groove that I came up with was bump, ba bump, bump. Right. And you literally would have just seen how I was coming up with the master part of that groove. You know what I'm saying to you? Which 
was the pinnacle to the whole groove. You know what I'm saying to you? So when he walked into that room, it must have been pretty powerful. Yeah, it's powerful because, you know, Santana's like a guitar god to me as a guitar player. And the thing is, what people have to understand is what I do is I write themes, right? So I don't only write music, I write scores and I write themes. So when I do a presentation of how I write a song, I think of the entire vision of the song. So for me, I looked at Carlos Santana, understood the history and a movie that kept coming back in my head was West Side Story. So I was like, if I could do a theme around the record Maria Maria, um, then I think we got something we could go with. Of course, DJ Khaled samples Maria Maria most recently for the Rihanna song, Wild Thoughts, featuring Bryson Tiller. You've sampled your fair share of songs too throughout your career. There's one in particular I want to talk about. Take a listen to this. That is Bodisha by Enya, a song famously sampled by Wyclef's group, the Fugees, for their hit single, Ready or Not. Here's what I want to know. How did that song first get on your radar? I mean, Bodisha, I'm just a fan of Enya, you know what I'm saying? So you know how ASAP Rocky, with this generation, like he was mostly listening to everything that wasn't rap. You get what I mean? Yeah. So, or like Lil Wayne, that's like me, like... I was up on Enya, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would go to the record stores. Like, I was like the the thug weirdo to my friends. I'm like, yo, what are you listening to? You see what I'm saying to you? Enya, though, then, I never well, really got, like, I like all that kind of, like, Irish, like, I play Irish music and all that. I never really got into Enya. Like, it, it all felt massage music-y to me, you know? Nah, like, we was in the hood. We loved it. So, um, there was a movie called Sleepwalker. You ever seen that? Uh, no, no. So, in the movie Sleepwalker, this song is in there. So one night I'm in the hood and I fell asleep and wake up to Sleepwalker and I'm hearing the sample again. So what I did was I looped the sample on the MP and just put some drums on it and just laid it there and then fell asleep. You see what I'm saying? And then the next day when L came and I was like, yo, check this beat out. I was sleeping when I made it, Sleepwalker. So that's why the record start. I say, now, now that, that I escaped, escaped sleep, sleep walk away. away. Yeah. That's from the movie. You see what I'm saying? So literally, I'm rapping about exactly what happened. You know what I'm saying? And then Elle came in, and then she just started singing like, Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. That's why the whole record just sound like the sample and a drum kit, right? Because all I did was looped it and put some drums on it. And I felt like, yo, this is just a vibe, you know? I mean, fa- the famous story here is, so the commercial success of, of Ready or Not helps make the Fuji's album, The Score, one of the biggest selling hip hop albums of all time. But that sample, that Enya sample, almost gets the album pulled from the record shelves. What, what happens there? Well, I mean, you know, keep in mind, this is Young Clef, so I don't know I have to clear samples at the time. You dig? Yeah. So, and then, so... We're clearing, they're clearing samples, Sony is, but somehow the Enya thing goes under the radar. And I think it's about what you said in the beginning. So like, 
the idea of like, you know, these kids like in a certain part of the hood, like finding this Irish music and sampling, it just doesn't make sense. You see what I'm saying to you? So I think that's how that sample just went under the radar. You dig? So when Enya and them heard it, um, I literally just had to get on the phone with her. You feel me? And um, and I did get on the phone with her. Shout out to Enya. She was amazing. And she, I explained to her what hip hop was, what kind of rap we was doing. And also told her like, I'm, you know, the son of a minister. You feel me? Um, I went through my whole Christian catalog with her. And <laughs> after that, she was like, okay, I like this. I like this. You cool. It's a go. She still made sure Sony paid her money though. You dig? <laughs> <laughs> As an artist whose own music goes on to get sampled, are you sensitive about who uses your work? I think every artist is, period. You know what I'm saying? To you, when when Khaled needed to sample my work, that's my longtime brother. And he know he could have just sampled that. He personally called me and he ran me through his whole vision, what he wanted to do with Rihanna. Um, then I got Santana on the phone and it was all good. But, you know, I always believe like, so I sampled Enya, but it's respect. You know what I'm saying to you? So anytime I sample something, it's like, Either most likely as a as a writer and a producer, it's like you're sampling the thing that you wish that you actually had created yourself. <laughs> so you don't you don't. There's never been a time where you've been like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. You know, as far as what you being sampled. Oh, me being sampled. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Sometimes I've heard some stuff and it's pretty doodle, and I say no, 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 no. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? What I've haven't I've haven't said yes to 911 yet you know the song with me and mary j blige yeah it's pretty huge and you know i've gotten requests for that no 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 you know the guitar the kind of guitar that i play at the top the girls with my acoustic guitars you know what i'm saying yeah it's sort of like that song is like so powerful that you gotta flip it different it's sort of like i think i'm the only one that pink floyd approved for the wish you were here cover yeah yeah right because it's almost like the original person when they hear it they gotta be like holy this is a real spin you know what i mean because it's like it's your art and you got to trust the person and you got to trust that they're going to take care of your art yeah and the only way you can do that is when you hear it Speaking of the Fugees, I got to ask, last year you guys performed together for the first time in over a decade. What did it take to make that moment happen? I mean, it's just magic. The Fugees is magic. At the time, Global Citizens is a cause that we all believed in. We stood in. We stood for We decided we're going to do that. And we decided that we was going to do the tour. And then um, we was ready to go. And then uh, COVID happened. Slowed us down. Um, if you look, you'll see... I think like a month ago, I was with Lauren. We was at the Essence Festival together. You know, we came out, blew the place in half. And um, and I always tell the Fuji fans, just buckle up. You know, um, we're definitely going to re-pick back up where we left off. Um, I think COVID slowed everything down. So, yeah, so I, that's, that's my next question. We have something to look forward to there? Definitely buckle up. We'll be right back. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, Here, There and Everywhere. 
Listen to Season 2 of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a listen to another song. Can you tell me the story that I heard about your recording of that song? I always find this kind of stuff really interesting when people get to work with their heroes or people they really respect, but then they're producing them so they have to give them feedback. And yeah, like I heard about yeah. this moment where like I know. <laughs> you yeah. had to, can you tell me that story? Funny. Do you know what story I'm talking about? I I 100% know the story. So basically, I got with me in the studio and we're recording and you know, smile loves your love and you know, once again, this is Whitney Houston. And you have to understand, I'm like a kid in the candy store. And all of a sudden, Whitney's doing something. And when I'm doing a playback, yo, a note sounded like it was flat, right? This is when the room gets silent for me, flat. You can hear Penny. Now, this is as a producer. Do I go ahead and tell the great Whitney Houston, yo, the tape? this was flat so we have to go again and it's like but once again as a producer you have to do your job like do you, you do you remember what part it was um yeah of course i remember um uh, oh and i asked the lord what i did with my life i will say i did it with you and the lord asked me what i did with my life i will and she does this little bluesy thing so I was like basically and keep in mind I, I got like five takes of vocals and cause I comp vocals after you feel what I'm saying yeah. so as a producer I'm trying to get the best takes of everything and um and then I stopped it I was like Whitney you know this this part right here was flat and <laughs> silence like like, I was like, okay, she's about to be like, you know, F the session. <laughs> I'm out of here. Who does this kid think he is? And then she was like, baby, it's not flat. I just bent the note. Okay, mic drop, bro. <laughs> mic drop, right? Because now when I went back and I heard the take, right? And once she said that, like her ear was so ill that she can bend that note like B.B. King on blues guitar and then bring it back to the key. But I wasn't even inclined to hear that yet until she said that. So that was pretty, that was my, that was my amazing Whitney Houston time. What do you learn from something like that? Well, the thing is, I have one phrase, like it's real simple. Like you can see a kid like Young Thug and then he has a song called Why Clef Jean for his generation, right? Because what is it about me? It's real simple, man. I'm forever a student of the game. Shit, I'm forever a student. I never put myself before anything. Every day, I need to learn what it is. If it's a new technology, if it's a sound. I mean, think about it. You know, I also spend time with the late great Avicii. I mean, we have a whole project we did in Stockholm's that didn't came out yet, right? So 
I'm just showing you. So why did I go to Sweden, spend time? Once again, I'm forever a student. So when Whitney does that, you learn what? You learn like how to trust the person you're with or how to trust. Well, it's not a matter of trust, right? It, because as a producer, I'm going to always state the case, right? And once again, all I learned was that in simplicity, uh, a, a, a chord vocally can be bent off pitch. Yeah to naturally come back on pitch yeah. it's literally a blues note yeah so then once again now it tuned my ear to not listen to a whole note as a straight note like at times the octave can bend and go back to pitch you know which i didn't you know it made me appreciate the chromatic scale a little more i mean people's probably like while Clef is really geeking, nerding up. No, but now, uh, like, uh, let me nerd with you. Like when you leave, when you leave twelve tones, like when you leave the twelve tone scale, and you realize all the beautiful room inside those notes. That's a beautiful thing. That's a whole other level of music listening. A hundred percent, but also too. Um, so what defies a scale, right? So, so we we sit there and, and keep in mind. So me, I didn't learn theory to laughter. Right, I played 14 instruments, all self-taught. So I never knew what Dorian, Ionian, Phrygian, Mixolydian, I didn't know what the hell that the was, modes, right? Yeah. Nothing, I didn't know what the modes meant. But like to your point, what, I've, what I learned though is the appreciation of the scales, right? And then also understanding we have the Western scale, we have the Eastern scale, you know, and it keeps going on and on. And keep in mind, so at the time, my ear, if it was in jazz I was playing, I didn't feel like it could go chromatic like that on a pop song. I didn't feel that you should bend that note. And being that my brain was tuned like that, it just sounded flat to me, mm. which was wrong. Let me uh, let me play another track. Take a listen. I'm on tonight, you know my head's still high, and I'm starting to feel you chilling. Let's go, real slow. Don't you see, baby, I see it's perfect. From 2006, Hips Don't Lie by Shakira, one of the biggest pop songs of all time, produced by my guest Wyclef Sean. When did you know that 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 version you did with Shakira of Hips Don't Lie was going to be big? Man, I never know, bro. Really? I think that's what's exciting about what I do, you know? Like, Quincy Jones always said, don't chase hits, just create cultural phenomenons, right? Because when hits come, hits can go. It, was there a moment that you knew it had become big? You know how I know the joint was big? When I got a call and they said they wanted me to remix this for the World Cup. There's a billion people who, who watch it. I said, yo, this joint must really be killing it. And then all of the things started coming in from Sony, like these plaques. And then it was like, one was like, yo, you have the biggest airplay song of all time. There was like, yo, this, this, you know, this is up there with the Michael Jackson and the Elvis airplay of all time. And my man's like, yo, airplay, like this, the radio plays this like it's out of style. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, damn, well, the last time the radio played something until it was out of style, I think it was killing me softly. Yeah. 
if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. um, we, we spent this conversation talking about some of the biggest hits you produce for other people, but I want to close like this and I want to play something to you. What's the song that you cherish the most that you produced for yourself? I never separate the production of other people. My, I would just say one of the songs that I love most that I wrote for myself will probably be, be a record called Gone to November. Wycliffe, nice to talk to you. Thanks for making the time. All right, you too. Thank you. I dedicate this record, The Carnival, to all you brothers taking long trips down south, Virginia, Baltimore, all around the world, and your girl gets this message that you ain't coming back. She's sitting back in a room, the lights is off, she's crying, and then my voice comes in, pow, in the middle of the night, and this is what I told her for you. Every time I make a run, girl, you turn around and cry. I ask myself why, oh why, see you must understand, I can't work a nine to five, so I'll be gone till November, said I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November, you tell my girl you I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November, you tell my girl you I'll be gone till November, January, February, March, April, May. I see you crying, but girl, I can't stay. I'll be gone till November. I'll be gone till November. And give a kiss to my mother. That is Gone Till November by the Grammy Award-winning singer, MC, and producer Wyclef Jean. Before that, you heard our conversation. Well, that's it for this episode of Q. Uh, We're having a grand old time doing Hip Hop Week here on Q. And the other episode uh, we have up today is a really interesting one about sort of like the the behind-the-scenes of hip hop. Because Jeanette Beckman photographer, maybe not a name you're familiar with, but like, if you go to our website, cbc.ca slash Q, you look at some of her photos, you will recognize them immediately, if you, even if you have like a cursory knowledge of hip hop. She has taken some of the most legendary photographs in the history of hip hop. My favorite part of our conversation is how she talks about being a young woman from England, going to New York in the early 80s and learning how to build trust with these soon to be legends. You're also going to hear one of those legends, Fab Five Freddy. So go check that out, especially if you're a hip-hop fan. We'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.